Okay, so this is Jeremy. Met somebody through LinkedIn who was in a similar field. They love having their stories. And whatever I can't do, maybe somebody else can. We all have our ways of doing things, our strengths, our weaknesses. And with this, I will give you Stefan. So who are you? Uh, well, I don't want to, it's hard, right? Whenever that question gets asked, you don't want to define yourself by your profession. It's, it's a weird, weird thing well, of who you are. And I, no, and I understand. No, so, but I go into the background of it too. Right, yeah. Like what, um, like overall, so if we start way back, I, I'm just a movement lover. I love all, all sorts of movements. And I've over the many years done a bunch of different uh, training certifications, uh, you name it. It's always been an interesting thing to me, which obviously not surprisingly led to physical therapy. Uh, and so I got my doctorate in physical therapy as a result. And I was like, man, this is great. Uh, I actually had no idea when I was an undergrad, I didn't even know physical therapy existed. My parents said, Hey, we want you to get, go to grad school, do something. And I said, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to, I was going to open up my own gym. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I found physical therapy. I thought, you get paid to do this? This is amazing. I want to I wanna do this. So I ventured off into that, graduated, started actually working as a physical therapist. And after a few years, I kind of went, there's something wrong here um, in the sense of we do a lot in this country what's kind of reactive um, yes. therapy and, and reactive medicine. And at the same time, everybody tells you that proactive um, kind of interventions are the best. It's all about proactive. And I go, well, why is the majority of what we do reactive? And I get it. There's a lot to be said. We're probably going to talk a bit about human nature because um, it's even the thing of when you hurt, you don't go, I'm going to go to the doctor. You go, is it enough for me to go to the doctor? <laughs> Am I hurting? Maybe I, I'm not, it's not that bad. It'll get better in a week. And so you wait and you wait. Um, and so I thought, okay, we need to start doing an intervention somewhere before that. Um, and I decided that office workers, especially now with the pandemic and everything, that's the big kind of demographic, uh, especially people that are doing work from home. Your, your work, uh, your home work office is not set up well uh, most of the time. You don't have all the fancy equipment that a corporation might buy for their office and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm not expecting you to have to buy all those things. So I tried to take all that physical therapy experience and try to bring it in for people to, to use to make them live longer and just healthier lives. So that is the winding question of who I am. Okay, so what exactly, again, free-spirited, you know. I'm yeah. So uh, what do you do? Sure. So what I do primarily, I guess you would call it education, but really it's, it's consulting individuals and companies on how to change your work environment. So right now it's all done virtually so that I could have access to, to really anybody. And especially like we said, work from home, I'm not going to go into your home. Um, that, that would be very difficult with the pandemic and everything, but virtually makes it very accessible to, to anybody that might need that service. Um, the dream and the goal eventually, however, isn't just this kind of consulting, but is to change our kind of work culture so that 
as part of American work culture, we allow movement and it's not seen as, oh, you know, they have to get up because, you know, they have a bad back and they need to move. It's like, no, like everybody should get up so you don't end up with a bad back uh, and whatever it might be. So primarily right now it's one-on-one -on -one, um, sessions of consulting and then also just presentations to the general groups of how do you set up your work environment? Yes, your desk might be set up well, but what about the rest of the room? How is that set up? And just what is good posture? What may you have you not considered about uh, moving and um, various little exercises from the physical therapy standpoint? Um, why do you do it? Honestly, I do it uh, partially as we talked uh, because we need it. Um, I see that we're, we have in the last century progressed incredibly from the sense of technology. It is, it is mind blowing how much uh, our, our, our species has leapt forward. However, speaking of our species, from our physiological standpoint, we haven't really changed over the last century. We're about the same, um, but all the things that we're doing are so vastly different. And I, I think that we're, we're lagging behind this and we're letting technology take over too much um, to where it's harming our physiology and it's harming our health as a result. So it's my, my why is to try to help us be healthier. And I'm not saying get rid of technology by any means. It's definitely here to stay as we do this on a Zoom call, obviously. Yeah. But we, we need to understand how, from a physical standpoint, we need to live better with it. We're already dealing with all of the, the mental aspects um, and the emotional aspects of social media and how that's uh, greatly impacting everybody. Um, I think we're not addressing the physical quite as much lately. Yeah, you said something about being reactive and proactive. And mm -hmm. I had a realization recently, like there are things that I've learned through my own experiences and I and sometimes I forget them and then it gets reignited at some point. But being proactive, you know, and had another realization two months ago, um, you know, that doctors are the last resort, not my knee hurts, let me go get some painkillers. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is something seriously wrong. Like maybe you need surgery. That is, yes. But I can tell you from my own experience that, and I'm pretty open with this on my YouTube and, and Zoom and Facebook and everything else, is um, that my life changed drastically. Uh, high 200 pounds, not quite 300, but pushing it, and how all but two of my problems went away with losing weight. And now, and something that I learned in studying nutrition is, I'm not going to say the way the teacher said it, he said it very offensively, and I laugh because it's true, um, but he said basically the, at least with the, the, the nutrition, that say you're taking 100% of vitamin C, whatever it is, that's the minimum. That is 100% will keep you where you are. But most of us are deficient in some, maybe we, in whatever it is, you know, uh, 
North people, I've lived, I lived in New York where there's not as much sun as there is where I live now in Florida. And like vitamin D. So in New York, have, might have to supplement with vitamin D. The only way to progress is to get more than 100%. And to get keep our life on track and not need the doctor to begin with. That's the, the, the trick. It's a good point. All of, all of them are good points. Even in, um, in physical therapy, in your response to, to surgery, for example, sure, there are, there are absolutely times when surgery is the necessary. Yes, true. But a lot of times people come in, they're like, it's hurting. Do I need to get surgery? No, there's so much you can do before surgery. Don't run and get surgery right away. Of course, if you go to a surgeon, they're going to figure out the best way to help you and what they do is surgery. So they're, they're going to try to give you surgery. Um, granted, I've, I've worked with some good surgeons that go, don't get surgery, go, go do something else, go do physical therapy, or maybe they just say, hey, you got arthritis in the knees, lose some weight. That's definitely going to help you with that. Um, and like you said, your weight loss has tremendously helped you with so many things. So yeah, everything. that's awesome. But, and I'm pretty open with this but I, on the, the on my YouTubes and whatever and Facebook that um, went through hell, was making a lot of bad decisions, and um, doctor said I was 28 years old, and he says, yeah, when I was in the high 200s, because you're not going to live to see 30, and that's when it. Yeah, that that was bang out of change, you know, and it hit. We had a long conversation, and four years later, at thirty-two, I go back to the same doctor, and he goes, "No, something's not right," you know. And this is one of the two things that didn't leave. Um, you, something, something sounds wrong in your chest. Something's not right, you know. Go, go get see a cardiologist and second opinion. And got three or four opinions and they said the only reason I lived through that heart surgery at 32 was because I had lost so much weight it was the only reason I lived um so you know and having to take care of my health it's again proactive hit the, the nail right in the head um so and I believe in in this stuff and and you know, I'm not a physical therapist. I believe in the nutrition side of things. It changed my life. But you're 100% right. That, you know, it's the last resort. Um, so I guess when is... I would think also, like, how do you do it? Do you work online? Right. Yep. Everything. I do everything online. Eventually, will there be a time that I foresee going to a corporation's headquarters and just saying, hey, what, what is your layout like um, eventually? But right now everything is done online um, realistically. And as far as when, all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. I constantly think about this stuff. What is your, like what are your work hours now since you're doing it from home? Oh, uh, it, it, it just, it varies because uh, I, anywhere from starting at, you know, seven or eight in the morning to nine at night. Um, it just depends because sometimes people want to have that discussion or that talk after they get home from work or after they log off of the computer, depending on if they're, they're going back right now or not. Um, and it, it honestly just varies. Uh, I've definitely had sessions where I talk to people on the weekend because that's the only time that they can talk. Um, most of the time it's 
right around lunchtime. That's when people have the most presentations because that's when companies are like, oh, okay, let's, you can all sit down and watch this, this presentation. Um, but um, I was going to ask you something, actually. Um, you, made, you made a really, really interesting point of, um, it's great to hear that story of you were, you were 28, you have, they told you you weren't going to live to 30. Boom. That's, that's the initial spark. That's the big uh, ignition of, of this motivation. And I find that that, that, that can be an, an easier thing of that initial. I'm wondering what helped you maintain that for the four years? Was it referring back to that or was there something else that just kept you going and, and motivated and driving you? Um, I found something I loved. Mm-hmm. Loved it. When I was in my first run at college, I was a psychology major. I suffered from severe depression. Um, like I had to be put on antidepressants on my own side. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty open with that. And um, so I was trying to figure myself out. I always was different. I felt different. You know, society is here and I was always somewhere. And I knew I was somehow different. And I was really what it was, but I was trying to figure myself out. Um, the secondary thing was the major, you know, study and getting a job. That was really secondary. And my parents told me the whole time. They said, we know you're never going to go to grad school. Like, do you have to do something like think of it as a job instead of like just figuring you have your whole life to figure you know and you're not going to get it all in one shot and um i had been looking for direction in my senior year of college i worked at an outback steakhouse and it was a great place to work i loved it i still remember it was 20 years 2001 and loved it and my mother told me she said uh, I think that was what you were supposed to do. And they had told me you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. Of course, I knew better. Didn't listen to them. Um, but then when I found the, I did the outback, I was supposed to start at one of the uh, exchanges in, in downtown Manhattan. I was supposed to start, I was scheduled to come home the weekend of, it would have been like the sixth of September 2001 and my mother had said oh, no, I'm sorry not my mother my father his friend was the senior vice president of one of the exchanges and they set up a you know they said yeah just come work for me and for obvious reasons I couldn't get through Manhattan at that time I was scheduled to start across the street from the trade center it would have been Monday September 17th 2001 was my schedule first day so wow. for obvious reasons, I and I, I just left the job. I told him, yeah, I'm going to go back home. And, and I said, I, I can't get to New York City right now. So I, and I'm stuck. You know, do you want, is that a problem? They said, yeah, sure, stay. You know, don't worry. You know, and um, I wound up because I couldn't start in Manhattan right away. Um, I took a job at a TGI Fridays nearby. And... Like, and I never admit to my mother. I'm like, I think that was it. And, you know, she was right. And I didn't admit that to her for so long. And then um, 
seven years later is uh, 2008 with my health and my doctor, he sent me to a dietitian. I didn't even know what that was. I'd never heard of him. You know, what is that? I've never heard of that before. And I went and by the time I saw the dietitian, I was like 240, something like 230s maybe. It was in the 230s. And um, by the time I was done with the dietitian, and it was less than a year, it was like seven or eight months, I was 144 pounds. Wow. And uh, oh my God, like it blew my mind. And then getting sober came in and you came up with that. And, and um, you know, and they kind of, there was some, and, and it's what, how everything went away except for two things, the heart problem being one of them. We don't know if that was genetic. We don't know if it was the partying, but it, it didn't go away. And with that comment, the only reason I lived was because of losing all that weight. And again, having that realization that you said about being proactive, um, totally, to the, to the, that was 2008. Now at the beginning of 2008, I don't know what year it is, 2021. <laughs> and I still believe in it as much now as I did then. And you are 100% correct. That's a good way to put it. And I put things on, on LinkedIn and Facebook about the doctors being the last resort. You know, how all the problems can go away. You know, and yeah. I, I remember telling my mother at some, this was a couple of years ago, um, but we were talking about something with her eating and, and I remember and I learned it in school and I repeated it to my mother I said if man made it you can't eat it mm. fruits vegetables this that you know no artificial preservatives and I think learning in school they showed us a video it was uh, the bionic burger a guy went he did a uh like an he did his own little study you know nothing official he just wanted to see what would happen a, a lay person he bought two um cheeseburgers from mcdonald's or burger king whatever it was it was mcdonald's and he found it he had ordered two he ate one and he left one in his pocket and forgot about it and a year later he went to put that jacket on and the burger was in the pocket. <laughs> and uh, it still looked like brand new, like it just came off the, the grill. Oh, okay. But that's how many artificial preservatives were in that burger. So if it's, and, and, and I'm saying it a little more bluntly than the teacher did, but if it's so bad that the crap we eat knows not to eat it yeah that's pretty bad <laughs> even the crap we won't eat knows not to eat that crap so um yeah like natural and it's it's, a, it's a, you're a hundred percent right but okay now we're I probably went on a little too long um hmm. it said pretty free flow um yeah so well, i don't know I, I, there you go, go ahead. ahead okay well, uh 
I also, I love nutrition. Uh, it's definitely a second passion of mine. I, if I had the time to go and get uh, a full on uh, degree in it, I think I would, but I feel like at this point, I just don't have necessarily that time, but I, it's definitely the, the second passion after movement is, is nutrition because like you kind of mentioned on it, they go hand in hand so much. Um, it's, and it's, it's always, it's always really funny how you can just ask a kid and even just a kid will know like any child you're like, so if you're overweight, what do you do? They're like, eat your vegetables and move more. Like any kid will just say that. And you're like, well, if it's that simple, yep. why can't we follow it? So I so. kind of touched on it through the conversation. Um, why do you do what you do? Um, so realistically it's to change and just, the easy answer that everybody hears, right, is to help people. But it's more than that. It's to it's to help humanity. Um, because right now, I have to be realistic. I'm one person. I can only help a handful of people. But the, the hope is that this spreads further and further and further. And just as an idea, helps make sure that we don't um, further fall into the, I don't know if this will be a good reference, into the, uh, the Wally kind of people that were um, always... Uh, just riding around on, on whatever scooters or anything like that. And then we just get completed devoid of all of our human capabilities. Um, so it's, it's really my, my, my big why is just to help humanity in that sense. Um, but I completely understand there is no way I can do that alone. Um, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, how do you go about what you do? How do you do it like now? Like, and I don't know if I asked this before is, Doing it online, I would think that being a physical therapist, you have to have an office. So how do you go about it? Right. And so I, in order for, because I made it virtual and because, so that I can uh, be accessible to anybody, I made sure that essentially what I'm providing is at no point, it's never labeled as a physical therapy service. That way I don't need to have a license in any other state. Um, so that takes away any kind of need for me to do any kind of hands-on therapy, because then that would be classified as physical therapy. And that's a whole other kind of, um, slew of issues there. So this way I can provide videos, um, that I can pre-film or on camera, we can go through the various exercises that might be needed, but I will say that exercises are just such a small portion because people don't do their exercises as a, as a physical therapist. I know they don't do their exercises. Yeah. Um, I, I went to physical therapy and I'll be honest, I didn't really do my exercises. I probably did them more than most other patients, but I didn't do them as much as the therapist asked me to do it. Um, and that's, that's human nature. That's nothing. It's not like I dislike the therapist or anything like that. It's just the reality. We're very, very busy. And if you tell us to do more, that's just, it's hard for us to hear that we need to do more and more and more. Um, so what I'm trying to get into now is don't think more, think less because we tend to think we need to exercise more. We need to move more. How about we try to shift it and think sit less? Um, it's still technically the same thing. I'm still asking you to get up, but view it in a different way. I'm asking you just to do something a little bit less and kind of progress from there. So since it becomes more of this educational mindset motivation, which is part of the reason I asked you, because it was so interesting to hear what your motivations were, um, granted, of course, not everybody's going to have such strong uh, motivating factors, but 
it's more about presenting those to people and saying, let's change your habits because your habits are what's going to help you with your longevity and the long-term effects of this. Because the exercise, yeah, you're going to do it for two, three weeks, and then you're going to forget about it. It's only just like a fraction of a single percent that continue with their exercises indefinitely, as far as physical therapy exercises. Some people really do a good job about just general, you know, walking, whatever it might be. Um, so the how is really just this virtual presence to be able to do more so education than the hands-on treatment and just exercises. Are there a couple exercises thrown in? You betcha. I can't, I can't live without them. You're reminding me of something I learned two years ago. It was March two years ago. Um, I'd taken a job when I was up in New York. Um, weird how it turned out, but um, I wound up working at a gym and uh, as a personal trainer, and they taught us something. Like, I'm not the best salesman, and a personal training is a sales job. And it sticks with me to this day. They saw certain things so important, and you just touched on it, is they say, mask, motivation, accountability, structure, and knowledge. This is part of, like, how you do, you don't say that to the, the person coming into the gym, Mm-hmm. but that's how you guide a session or guide somebody into saying, yes, I'll buy sessions. Uh, and I know this with myself and my mother and I would go back and forth a little bit about it. Um, in the second half of last year, she's worried about COVID and, and she's worried about it more than I do, but um, she worries a little too much. Uh, <laughs> that's another thing we go back and forth. And she's going to watch this video and I'm gonna, you know, she's going to call. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I say, why did you do that? Um, hi, mom. Um, but, and I told her God's honest truth, I, this works with me and it works with people getting into the gym. And we say, like, why do you need a trainer? And she wanted to get it, she wanted to buy a treadmill for me for, for, my my home and uh you know she doesn't live very far away as since i moved to florida but um and i said mom the biggest problem is that i will never do it because you go to the gym every day i said yeah i'm at the gym the hardest part uh, and this is what i told the clients and it's it's not bs like it was a little bit in selling training but it's the truth is the hardest part of going to the gym is going to the gym, is getting in the car. That's the hardest part. Once you're there, there are times I'm just like, oh, and I curse at myself. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And um, but once I'm there, it's another story. And then, and I do, you know, when I was on the treadmill today and I'm watching the TV to distract my thinking, and I'm like, oh my god. Get me off this thing. But <laughs> I know at the end, every single day I do the treadmill, and every single day I'm like, oh, thank God I did that. Thank God. And it shows in because I don't know if this would apply to from a physical therapy standpoint, but when I lost had lost all that weight years ago, 2008, they said you you have diabetes. And my weight, and now, but it's it's like, and I still struggle with my weight. I've lost thirty something pounds in the last three months, like, 
And it's that's part of the accountability is I do you can you measure result in any way? Um for for what I necessarily do, yeah. I so I'm actually finishing up right now a little little mini study that I'm running of where I'm doing a questionnaire of general what does your work provide? How much knowledge do you have about movement and everything like that? And it of course in, involves productivity because productivity is the big thing that everybody looks at in corporate America is does this improve our productivity? Um, and so that's that's one of the ways that I measure it is if we're able to have people take less sick days throughout uh, the year and in general, just be more focused because exercise with all the endorphins and everything actually improves your brain function. So it's, it's definitely a good thing to say that if we move more, we're going to be able to work better. Um, so sure, it's a little bit harder to maybe quantify it and say it's going to be 57% or 5%, whatever it might be. But I think that um, the way that I'm doing it is hopefully it will show that, hey, over these two weeks, it's just a quick two-week study saying over two weeks of us having this intervention with them, this is how many points they improved from a self-reported questionnaire. So almost, I'm almost able to measure it. <laughs> We're almost yeah, no, I'm like, that, that, I don't know, that's a good question in physical therapy, but, you know, like, and I know from, from my side, they're on a scale. Like, there you go, yeah. But, um, and I know, like, I just went to the doctor because I had a heart surgery in 2012. And I went to the doctor in, it was December 1st, it was my birthday. I had gone, I had seen the cardiologist for the first time in Florida, then two weeks later, I saw the regular doctor and like, oh, we get, uh, we've got your, uh, with the cholesterol and 100. I'm like, what the hell? How does that happen? <laughs> That's like, less than zero <laughs> yeah, i'll take it believe me i'll take it I'll, right <laughs> i'm good good <laughs> i'll take it i'm running around like no you wouldn't believe where my cholesterol is <laughs> yeah. but um yeah it's a human like but the thing is with my it's the scale get on the scale and the part of that accountability like having to answer to somebody so, and I know I, and with myself, like I can't answer to myself and I have no other people who tell me the same thing. Um, <laughs> oh, Jeremy, Jeremy, no, no. <laughs> but um, I know that works with physical therapy, like to say how, you know, doing it ever, have an appointment every week or however often it is. Right. And it, it's definitely, it is measurable, but it's also going to be different, slightly different for different people. Because similar to what you're saying, if where you started in uh, 2008, right, at that, at that weight, if you were using the scale as your measurement, there was so much more progress that you could do versus if we were to say your starting line is where you are right now, right? We wouldn't expect as many pounds. Obviously, that makes, makes sense. Uh, you've, already, you've already achieved so much and lost so much. So for different people, it's going to be a little different, but it's still, you're right. Metric is, is still definitely important. Um, what was the S um, you, in is it motivation for mask, motivation, accountability? What was the S? Structure. Yeah. Structure. That's a good, that's a good way. For, that's a good thing. Like I said, we're free, you know, I generally do kind of free flow. Yeah. Like that's a good point. Like how do you go, how would you go about something like that? Which part? Structure. How do you go about Stru a section? No, yes. Um, it depends on the person. But. Oh, sure. Um, realistically, 
I've kind of broken it down into three, three areas for now, because this, it's the simplest thing. So the structure goes with, we've got sort of the ergonomics side of things of what is your setup like? What, what does your, because that's going to be the easiest thing for you to change and not have to worry about, because as soon as you change it, it's the physical environment. It stays. So if your, you know, computer's too low, you put it on a set of books, it stays there. It doesn't, it's not something you need to constantly be changing. The next portion that I usually like to give people is the exercise portion, because I know they're not going to do it. So, <laughs> but I want to bring it to their awareness so that if during that portion, they find an exercise that they go, whoa, why can't I do this? This should be, or they go, wow, this makes my back feel that much better. Maybe I've given them a little something for them to consider. And they're not so burnt out that this is their last session or something. And they're, it's, it's, it's a lot easier. And the final part is the habits. So this is where we start going, okay, let's build the habits. This is the hardest part, but this is where you get the biggest bang for your buck of how do we work in these habits so that you can do it. And everybody's going to be different. Some people, um, I had one girl, she loved drinking water. She says, as soon as my water bottle is empty, I'm going to go, I'm going to get up and refill. I'm like, okay, from now on, fill your water bottle a quarter of the way. That way you have to get up more often to go get it. Because if that's your little trigger, great. There you go. Is everybody like that? No, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, but that was just a quick, a quick example of it. And so then we kind of, that's the, the very basic part. After that, it all becomes customizable to everybody has their own different little bits. And so, but that gives them the structure of, okay, I've set up my space. I know how I can get my body ready to move. And then I know what kind of habits I need to maintain movement in my life. Okay, I'm thinking another question out of this is knowledge. Okay. It's your knowledge. Um, what did you study in school? What were your studies? So in undergrad, I uh, got a bachelor's of science in kinesiology, effectively exercise science, which was uh, the reason for opening the gym or thinking, sorry, I should say thinking of opening the gym. And then when thinking about grad school going, what am I doing with this degree? Is there anything? And then finding physical therapy. And so getting my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, and uh, that, I mean, that was just a fantastic process of all that. There's so much knowledge and it's, it's a full-time job, grad school. It's uh, literally classes were actually started at eight or 9 AM all the way until 5 uh, PM. It was it, with, with an hour break for lunch. Other than that, it was, you were in class as a full-time job. I was impressed. Some people actually held down a job on top of that, uh, which I don't know. I don't know how they did that, but power to them. They're wonderful people. Um, but to mention knowledge, it's actually one of my slides. I have a quote, um, that I stole from somebody else that I can't think of uh, the name off the top of my head, but it's about knowledge. And it's the uh, knowledge without action is useless and irrelevant. Yeah. And, and it's, it's true. And it's part, part of what you're kind of saying about the whole mass thing. If you only have the K of, of like the knowledge, everybody knows they need to move more. Everybody knows that sitting too long and not drinking enough water or whatever it may be is not good for them. They don't do anything about it but that doesn't really help you if you don't do anything about it. Um, so. Faith without works is dead. That's what it is. Yeah. It comes from, uh, yeah. That's, I don't know if it's worded like that, it's the Bible. But um, yeah, I was gonna ask something else too and now I forgot what it was. Um, I don't know. Anything it's, else? It, it happens. Yeah, I do, oh, it happens all the time. I'm like, right. I'm like, I, and, and, 
and I discussed this with my family, and and they, they like when I'm with like my mother in the car, like I got a satellite radio for Howard Stern. I got it. My stepfather bought it for me at the end of two, my birthday is in December, and Howard Stern was going on January, and um, so I got it for me for my birthday, and uh, I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, and but we got, and my mother now has a satellite radio in her car, and uh, you know, the car comes with all the cars, and I could just say, it like, boom, this and is with 90s stuff. It's not me because that's when I grew up with the 2000s, I wasn't paying attention as much, but um, I can call it. Oh, this song came out on, on January 17th, 1992, and we'll look it up. When did it come out? January 17th, 1992. I'm like, wow. I'm like, and, and they're like, I'm, but I'm like, where are my sunglasses right now? They're like, you do know you're wearing them, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. Happens all the time. I'm like, where are my, where are my keys? They're like, you're, they're in your hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is, it's very interesting about knowledge that way of, uh, and I, I definitely find that um, it's interesting you say that. So there, there are many things that I learned in VT school um, because you have to cover such a vast uh, just array of, of, of knowledge in there. So, for example, we also obviously learn pediatrics and about kids. I haven't been able to work with kids a whole lot. I've had a couple of patients, but not, not that many. And sometimes somebody will ask me, I'll go like, I do not remember it. But slowly they start talking about it. I'm like, wait, I remember this random, random part. They're like, yep, that's exactly but same thing sunglasses keys nope i leave them at home frequently like, yeah you're wearing your sunglasses and your keys you're right. i'm like oh <laughs> can't help but laugh about it <laughs> um yeah but like that's that's tough and correct i didn't know that about correct i good for you yeah, it's like, did you have to take with kinesiology as your major? Did you have to take um, anatomy and physiology? Uh, I did. I was actually, we had some wild, our, our uh, teachers, our professors for both anatomy and physiology one and two, they were just characters. They were very interesting. Um, they were both women and their fashion was just incredible. You, you never saw them wear the same outfit twice. Um, one of them was uh, a drummer in a punk rock band. Um, and she always wore like six inch stilettos, always different. Well, I, I was like, I don't, how do you, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, but it was, it was very interesting. I definitely, during the first one, during Adam physiology one, I didn't care. <laughs> I was just going to, yeah, all right, this is fine. By the time the second one rolled around, I understood, okay, this is going to be very important to me and, and what I'm going to be looking into. So I really definitely focused then a whole lot more there. And I think I just, as a result, had a better experience from it. Uh, in grad school, in PT school, we actually got to go and uh, have cadaver lab. So where we actually had a cadaver and we got to dissect and look at all of that. And um, yeah, it's not, in no way am I gonna say it was a pleasant experience. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very strange experience. Uh, and obviously very grateful to the, the donor as, as uh, they, they are called because you definitely learn a lot because we, we see these pictures and these diagrams online and we look at ourselves and we think we know what the body looks like inside. It is, it is so much different. And it is, I usually like to think that 
our body is a lot, looks a lot smaller and a lot more fragile than what we think it actually does. Um, so it's very interesting. I remember when I went to take the, the first anatomy and physiology, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to see, I want to see it all. I'd show me the inside of a kid. I want to look and I want to know what it smells like. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. It, you know, but oh my God, I used to call my mother crying all the time. <laughs> but I remember learning, I'm like, I can't do it. It's so hard. <laughs> but, um, but having to know, at least from the nutrition standpoint, I remember learning uh, in immune system section module, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. about the, no one else would know, you know, the eosinophils and the neutrophils. It boggled my mind and having to know, like, because at first I'm like, I don't need to know what an eosinophil is. Like, I don't want to do this and, and, Anyone who doesn't know, and I couldn't describe it either, and it's like immune response and allergies, but um, why we need fats, carbs, proteins, this, that, you know. And I remember learning how to cook, and I got so scared of learning how to cook. And I'm like, my job isn't to know how, how to cook. I've got to tell you fat people how to cook. And that was my thought. And mm -hmm. but then learning it was, oh my God, there is so much more to, to, to it. And that goes for anatomy and organic chemistry and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, like there was so much more that I didn't know I had to know. And I, you know, so I know, and I think people, and you just described something I didn't know about being in grad school eight hours a day, which is great. You are very well trained. And I mean, you specifically, <laughs> too, not <laughs> uh, I mean, physical therapist. There's a, there was a definite di a difference. So when you're first year in, in physical therapy school, um, almost every single question you ask the professor will say, it depends. And you get very frustrated with that answer because you go, just give me the, just tell me the answer. It's simple. I'm asking you a very simple question. Just say the answer. By the time that you're graduating and first years ask you the, those questions you used to ask, you look at them and you go, I, you're going to hate this, but it depends. And you now understand how many little pieces there are and that the question is not as simple as we may think it is until we finally get all those pieces of knowledge together and we say there are so many more moving parts that we can't answer that <laughs> so well, yeah, I, I know that well it's weird you mentioned that um and the moving parts you would know it a lot better than i do obviously i'm not a physical therapist but learning um like i only have like an introductory knowledge of like the planes of motion Mm -hmm. and remember having to learn that and thank god i took that personal trainer class before having taken anatomy and physiology because when i first took that personal trainer class it was oh, 2009 and um they were trying to describe the sagittal plane and frontal plane and i couldn't i just couldn't wrap my head around it and Somebody, I don't remember who, had said, remember this. 
frontal plane is front and back. Sagittal plane is sides. So remember the S and side, front and frontal, you know, mm -hmm. and then transverse was not that there was much else, but everything else. Right. So do you have to carry that out in what you do? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, I uh, I put up a video. It's actually, I guess, my first my first YouTube video because I decided to start a YouTube channel. Since everything is virtual, it only makes sense to also create videos, obviously. Okay. Um, but and I actually talk about the planes and I talk about how important it is because we tend to only do things um, really in the sagittal. We primarily like doing and and for other people that would be looking at this, it's kind of like if you were to bend forward and backward. That's when we're talking about sagittal. We're talking about bending forwards and backwards. Um, it's that kind of a thing. And it's the question of, okay, can you move uh, in other ways? And can you, and I talk about that and, and yes, it's there because we, do, we don't do it enough. And most of the stuff that we do is like right in front of us. We don't really do a lot of things side to side and we almost never do turns. And when you hear people doing turns, they go, you know, I was doing some spring cleaning. I was lifting something up and I turned and I'm like, I can finish that for you. Your back went out. And they're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you know about what you do. Um, oh, I, when I was working with, I was working with somebody right before I moved down to Florida. I had a client mm -hmm. at, at a gym and um, talked about ab exercises. You know, and something I, I, I don't know if this would apply to you as well. It's Working with others and having clients help make me a better trainer because there was somebody I just go, oh, no, I just want to amp, I just want to amp, and you know it's got to be best for the person. And you know, in this case, and I sat and I said before I say no, okay, we'll do only amps. Let me give me a day to think about it. We'll work on amps the first day, and come back with a better, you know, see if there's something else. But it turns out abs were best for her. And I'm like, oh, look at that. She was she maybe she didn't know any better, but I'm trying to look at it from that standpoint of what that, you know, with this, and she got, you know, she had injuries now, I don't remember. But it taught me because as a trainer, which I know is not nearly as in-depth as a therapist, but to be a better trainer. And it was, you know, I'm learning. And kept the, I don't know if I still have it. I don't know if I made, it made the move down to Florida from New York. Um, exercises. Okay. And I think another trainer might have suggested it too. Um, you have a notebook. You have a list of five. For every muscle group, there is bicep, triceps, you know. And, and are you able to, to do something like that? Do you have? Do you mean to write to to like write down a book like that and have a reference? Yeah. Um, I I am able to, but honestly, I've had to do it so much that at this point, most of it is is right here. Well, you know, and that's actually a better answer, believe it or not. Yeah, and the the fun part, and this is to me, when I say I love movement, I I truly do. I am constantly on YouTube or some or Instagram, and I'm like, what's what are people doing as far as interesting exercises? Is there something, something weird? And if people just ask me of, Hey, I need an exercise for blank. I can give them a couple of, here's just your normal exercises that are going to be easy for you to do. 
And then I can say, if you want a completely creative one, I take all the knowledge that I have and kind of create a completely different exercise. Cause I love being creative um, in that sense. So I can give you an, an, an example. We tend to, so for example, if somebody wants to work their biceps or their, their lats, right? People will do, okay, you do a lat pull down, you do some push up, uh, pull ups, you do some rows. Those are your usual kinds of things. Now, something somebody may not think about as much is if you do a squat while with your arms holding onto a door frame as you're sitting down, you're pulling towards you. You're kind of doing a pull or, or a row. It's a very different kind of a thing. So if you were to do a squat while holding on, you're still activating those muscles. Is it the primary one? No, but now you're practicing pulling with a squat. And that's a, a whole extra amount of stuff that you might be doing. But that's not something you'll probably see on your normal bodybuilding.com or any of those um, that kind of databases of exercises. And I remember learning as the first personal trainer job I had was in 2009. Um, and the first client I had, and I still remember this to this day, it was a guy I knew kind of, uh, not knew, knew him, but it seemed to me he was at the gym every day on a shift I was working. And uh, we'd sit and BS at the front desk or he'd come into the trainer's office. And, you know, we got along very well. And um, I got, got comfortable with him. And this was the very first personal training session I did. And he said, this, I'm still, this is going 11 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it is. And when we're done, he goes, can I give you some feedback? I'm like, all right, so it's not going to be good, but this, this is a guy I'm comfortable with. Just take it, maybe he'll tell, tell me something. And he said, you did the exercises that you wanted to do. You gave me a workout you would do. You didn't give me the workout that was best for me. And obviously, mm -hmm. I still remember that. And I know from ex now from experience and having that, that book, and I did use bodybuilder bodybuilder.com. I did use it for a bunch of exercises to list as things to do. Um, but it's to, to have the person do things they wouldn't normally do. Otherwise, they wouldn't need a trainer. And mm -hmm. that helped me become better to have all those ad exercises for that lady you just told you about. So, um, you know, and having to go through physical therapy after having heart surgery, you know, to do those things. And it's beneficial. I know what you do is so beneficial. And I will say, like, uh, I don't remember what year it was, but 2017, 2018, something like that, um, my foot was hurting. And it was getting worse and worse. And I know it wasn't broken, nothing like that. And I had a doctor appointment, regular checkup at the doctor. And he said, my foot is killing me. And I described it. I said, it it's, it's right in the middle. Imagine somebody took a knife and just like from left to right. And it hurts so much. Because you have plantar fasciitis. And the strange thing is, and he said, I, okay, can you maybe change your shoes and... and and uh, get the insoles, and he said, I'm like, I haven't been able to go to the gym, it just hurts, I can't walk, and he says, I'm gonna tell you something. And he says, and I know he's not a physical therapist, but he goes, walk on it, go on a treadmill, 
I'm like, you're kidding. I can't walk from my bedroom to the bathroom. Like, because I'm telling you, walk, walk to the bathroom and then walk back and start there. And little thing tips like that that I normally wouldn't think of. And it worked. It gave like a cortisol shot, so I was, or so I think it was cortisol. Don't hold me to that. But and I had to go for a couple of them. But um, it worked. Being active and staying on it, as long as I wasn't standing in one spot. Mm-hmm. But tricks like that, they help. It definitely helps. Have those. Tricks. I, for the longest time, wanted to, um, and it's it's still kind of. Uh, jumping around in my head. I wanted to write a, a, a book, a short book called PT Hacks. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just, it's stuff like that. It's, it's these little things that um, as a physical therapist, you pick up these little things of, hey, here, this might help you with posture. Um, or, hey, here's another little thing that you can do. Um, one, for example, for plantar fasciitis that people really like to do is take a water bottle, fill it um, two thirds or so, put it in the fridge, and then you have something you can roll your foot out that is also an ice massager um, kind of a thing. But it's like, it's simple things like that where it doesn't cost you really much of anything, um, but it's a simple, easy trick to maybe help out a little bit. So, but I, I definitely know those are always really fun. It's always nice to have those in your back pocket. Yeah, they told me about that too with the water bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody mentioned it. Um, I was gonna ask something else again. Oh, um, did you say where you went to school? I went to school. So undergrad was University of Maryland. Um, so I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Story, story, slight story time. Um, before I went to undergrad, before I even knew about kinesiology necessarily, um, I was uh, I was playing upright bass and I was playing classical music. And I said, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I want to go play in orchestras. So I auditioned. I got into Vanderbilt. And I got into the University of Maryland and my mom said, well, if you go to Vanderbilt, you can live at home. So I went to the University of Maryland um, as a result. (laughs) And so that's and that's where I kind of I started off with music and then I realized I I don't need a degree in this. If I really want to continue doing music, you don't need a degree. You just have to play well. That's all that that matters. If you want to teach, you need a degree, but that's about it. So that's where I switched into kinesiology and all those other things um, kind of happened. And then after that, I ended up um, checking out a lot of different grad schools. And I found one uh, that was Arcadia University. It's within the top 10. It wasn't number one. I went to the number one school. uh, That's uh, USC at that time. I think it's still the number one school for physical therapy out in California. And I, I did a tour. I talked to people there. I was there with my brother who's getting his PhD. He loved it. I felt like it was very cold and um, the environment just wasn't, wasn't warm in the sense of how a physical therapist I felt should be. It was, it was very kind of cold calculated feeling um, and nothing against them. That was just my experience of, of when I was there. So I went to this school called Arcadia University because they just felt like a family. And I thought of, of all the professions in, in healthcare, a physical therapist, among some others, really needs to feel that way because we're seeing patients many, many times. We're not seeing them at their best. They're, they're not, they're in pain. Things are unfortunate. Um, and so that made kind of that decision for me. So I went to uh, Arcadia University up in Pennsylvania 
uh, for grad school and University of Maryland in College Park for undergrad. I, I, you're, you're a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> but I remember, and I would look for this now, at least to be at a gym, to work at a gym again if I were looking, is the first gym that I worked at. I worked at two. I worked at a New York sports, sports club for a little over two years. And then I worked at a blank, well, blank. I don't know. I don't think they're all over the country. I know they're in the Northeast. Um, and it's part of Equinox. Mm -hmm. And having the environment and the New York sports club, they're all over the place. Uh, I know they go by other names in other areas. Like it's under a bigger company. But they had like, it was, I, think, I don't know if it was Pennsylvania or Philadelphia sports club, Washington sports club, but there are other gyms like, I know they have gyms down here, the same parent company down in Florida. Um, the environment of the gym I do point helps to have that. Like when I worked there, I don't know, for the most part, there were some, and I'm going to get some corrections from my mother on this, but, you know, overall, I loved it. I loved working there. The environment was great. It was a family of people that, not that it really was not perfect at all, but, and the community in the gym, and I worked at three of them. I wound up working at three of them. One of them, I didn't feel it as much, but, um, you know, I wanted to work there, despite there were a couple of troubles. Um, but I wanted to be there and I noticed it among the membership too, the, the people that came in. It was a very tight community and I found that to be very important with going to the gym. I found that it was not, I don't know if it's so much important as it was beneficial. I wanted to be there and I wanted to work out. And one of the, the, the fitness manager at the time, he said something very good was, Generally, I would go to, you know, I, I still to this day, I do the treadmill, I get up at six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock, whatever it is, sometimes 5.30. And um, he said, I would go to the one, I lived five miles, four miles from the one that I worked at, but there was one a mile away in the town that I lived in. And I would work out in that one. I just kind of, okay, headphones in, I'm not a morning person, do the treadmill, and just, you know, and and kind of keep to myself and he said um he said i'm going to give you a little tip that could come uh, what something you do could, can come against you i don't know if it is but it can is is you work out of the you work out at the one in long beach you know we've spoken there or seen you there you know and, and he goes you work out at the one you work at. And people will see you and they see and they know you lost all this weight and, this, and they, they'll start to come to you a little bit. So to have that, and especially with, and you probably have experiences as a physical therapist is, and I know with training, we try to avoid it, but you might, might be some physical contact. So you have to feel comfortable with the person you're with. And I will say, listen, and I, when I would do the, the, the free training sessions with people, you know, the first day, you know, you sign up at the gym, you get a half hour. And I would always take people to this one thing and I'd say, listen, you know, I'm showing you this because it's the, it's the one, it's the assisted uh, dip 
and pull up. Mm -hmm. You put your knees on the pad. And yeah. I say, like, because this is the kind of thing, if you fall off it, you could hurt yourself. I'm going to show you. And I would say, listen, but I'm going to be standing right behind you. Let me know if that makes you uncomfortable. And there have been people that said, yeah. I say, but the point is, I'm going to be holding on to the bars right behind you. So if you fall back, I go down. You don't fall, I do. And there were times that I'm not really comfortable with it. And it, it happens. But to show the people the things they wouldn't normally do. Because mm -hmm. so. that, and that's a point that I try to do my best with, with some of these presentations that, that we kind of said a couple times is, uh, show people or give people what they don't know or they wouldn't find themselves, yeah. um, right? Like you said about the exercise, the guy sitting you down saying like, you gave me the workout you give yourself. I want like, yeah. so the, the idea being that a lot of this is, okay, I'm trying to present to a large group of people, but I also need to make sure that there are definite parts in this that people will not know. Um, and so we talked about the whole aspect of you need to move more, sure. If you really want to sum up my, my entire mission is, of course, it is to get people to move more. But we said knowledge isn't, is, isn't useful that way. People know they need to move more. They're still not doing it. So it doesn't do you any good to know you need to move more. We now need to get you to, to do yeah. something about it. And so, yeah, showing people something new. That's sometimes my worry, though, is that people think, oh, if I just do this one different thing, it's going to fix all my problems. And well, well, no, no, but let's start with something. Let's, let's try the dip and the pull-up assisted. You haven't done this before ever. I'll show you some other things, but let's try this first. Let's, let's try something different. I think I'm on my side. I'm running out of steam a little bit. Um. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fine by me. Um, I have to hop off to, uh, to another okay. uh, meeting soon. So, so, oh, I did want to ask, um, I was writing a little bit. Um, do you have, uh, any websites? Like I wrote down, um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and website. So we can do that one at a time if you want. Like you have an Instagram site. Sure. Uh, Instagram, it, this is a bit long, but it's uh, love to move, move to love um, is the long version of it. Uh, the website is just the first letters of that. It's ltmmtl.com. Okay. Um, so that's your website. Also, yep. uh, Facebook. Um, just Stefan Davlin, Facebook. Just, just me. Um, I'm, not, I'm not big on Facebook. Uh, person. There's just so many platforms. That <laughs> I had to you know, put the juice either. Can't keep up. And I wrote, I took a note for myself today. Um, talking to somebody, I'm like, I can't remember if I posted on to, to, to my website and this, which ones I got. And, and I'm like, I just put them in a list. And just boom, boom, boom. Here's the next video. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and um, you did the website. You did the, did, yeah, yeah. Okay. That looks, is there any, I think, why do I think we missed one? Uh, there's YouTube and YouTube is just love, love to move on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, that's all it is. All right. I'm glad Good. you uh, messaged on LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy we got to connect. This was, this was really fun. Um, let me stop recording. I'm going to stop. Okay.